You're listening to the Quad Killjoys podcast. My name is Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. In this episode, we are discussing the season three finale of Killjoys, Wargasm. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be spoilers for future episodes. So let's get started with our reviews. I loved it. Oh my god. It's just <laughs> such an amazing action-packed finale. I know that's a oft-used phrase, but it was so true. Like, so many of the things that make Killjoys great with, particularly for me, amazing special effects. The humor, awesome Dutch fighty scenes, one of the best, and Jacoby Brothers stuff. And of course, the final battle didn't go as planned, so lots of last-minute chaos and things, but as Killjoys is so excellent at doing with their secondary characters, Fancy, Turin, Zeph, and Pre and Garrett all getting their moments, and again, lots of classic Killjoys one-liners and humor in there. And I, I was kind of anticipating it that there had to be a turn with the final confrontation between Dutch and Anila, uh, how they ended up working together in the end and going after the lady. So, really looking forward to who and what the lady is. I mean, how is she going to manifest herself? Will she? But just, you know, what actress will play her? I've been really looking forward to that. Although, did did she have to go with spiders? I just, yeah, way to gross me out. So, um, <laughs> really looking forward to how she'll she'll play in, in season four. So, what about you, Chris? I thought this was an incredibly satisfying season finale. I loved so much about this episode. There's the mushy pre-war stuff, because you know how I love mushy stuff. I really do. (laughs) Me too. I loved everything Zeph said and did, especially the hug that she gave Dutch. And it's all, you know, you're a really good person. I don't don't think you get told that enough. And then I'm crying. I know. I know. I was like, oh. That really did it for me, just because I feel like Dutch doesn't herself believe she's a really good person most of the time. So I mean, she the keeps calling herself a monster telling and her stuff. That, I know. So the fact that Zeph told her that very sincerely, it really got me. I love the Green Queen scenes. I guess I guess it was really more scene than scenes, but... Uh, mm-hmm. There was smoochies. Yes, there was. <laughs> of course, Stephanie will have to point that out. Wait, smoochie, smoochie, smoochie alert. Who's, whose section is this? It's my time to shine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Quiet peanut gallery. <laughs> sorry, the, the mention of Green Queens apparently made me all um, bossy. <laughs> Imperious. <laughs> Just call me Michelle. Um, the, the Jacoby Brothers scenes I also thought were great. They're just so goofy and sincere. And uh, I just, I enjoy it. And then, as you mentioned, Annie, the Dutch and Anila showdown turned team up, which we kind of saw coming, but was great. Yeah, that that whole I remember you thing was like, I knew it was coming, but it was amazing and cathartic. And I love it. How about you, Stephanie? Now, now you can talk. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to be quiet. So... I was telling Chris, the first time I watched this through the episode, I thought, you know, I liked that, but I didn't love it. It got a little plotty at times. But when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this episode. I think I got a little too bogged down in like the firefight scenes, which aren't really my deal. So they kind of, I think I got distracted or something. But the second time through, I was just basking in all of the wonderful character beats that were in this episode. 
And and like you said, I love Zeph. I think she might have been my favorite part of the episode was all the Zeph stuff. But uh, of course, the Jacoby brothers make a great pair. I especially loved the reactions to when Delsea grabbed their hands in the elevator. <laughs> just, like Johnny just looks surprised. Dad looks kind of disgusted. It's great. <laughs> And and even Turin, who I'm always 50-50 on, he got a really good laugh out of me with his, just let me have my hero moment, you piece of crap line, <laughs> to fancy. I, I thought that was pretty funny, the way that he delivered that. Uh, but but yeah, I thought the conversation between Dutch and Hila, it didn't disappoint me. The fight choreography was great. And I loved what was really important to Dutch in that scene was asserting the fact that she mattered. She existed. She is important. Yes. Like, yes, yes. So I thought I thought it was really good. Yeah, the the Dutch moment, her her little speech to Anila, kind of call back to Lost Girl a little bit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love that part. That was my favorite part of the scene when she wasn't like I, sh- I wasn't just something you created. You know, I have this whole life, and I'm like, yeah. But I freaked out when Anila said, "Well, I'm just going to put you back in the grave." I'm like, no, you can't erase a person like Dutch. She's like. My whole reason for oh, loving the show and living, and you know, uh, I exaggerate, but I was just like, no, you can't. But then when I when they both went in together to fight the lady, I thought, okay, makes it a little better. But that I'm sorry that she had a, uh, over her shoulder to Jacoby Brothers just broke my heart, and I was like, oh, they're disappearing into the go. It's too much. I know. There's that moment of panic because it's talking about going back into the green and the way it's said it sounds like they're not coming back yeah yeah but they have to come back right mm-hmm. they do clearly <laughs> so we got some feedback from captain mediocre and i think before i read it i'm gonna say very explicitly i don't expect or want people to agree with us all the time but i'm very confused by this feedback <laughs> but here we go Captain Mediocre says, I guess what I don't get is why do I have to wait all season to get a great episode? The first episode of the season for most shows is usually pretty good, with some good ones scattered here and there throughout the season. Yet there seems to be quite a few that are just meant to kill time until the finale. Wargasm was a great episode, no argument here, but it could have very easily been episode four or five of the season, and the season's story could have been much bigger. Actually, after this episode, most of the season's storyline is completely pointless. The war we've been prepping for for the last few episodes is called off. Dutch and Anila are now buddies. In fact, the more I think about it, Wargasm should have been either episode two or three. So essentially, Killjoys took all season to tell two to three episodes of actual story. Before I get started, I feel like we should point out Captain Mediocre calls themselves Captain Mediocre. That's Oh, yes. This is a name that they gave themselves. We're not calling the mean things. Yes, that is <laughs> that is something to point out. Yes. That said, Captain Mediocre. I uh, strongly disagree because uh, storyline, pacing, narrative pacing, exposition. There are two more seasons left. That's 20 more episodes. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand. Well, and this feels like an argument against dramatic tension. Because that's really what this whole season has been about, is revealing this information about Anila that we didn't have before. It it is setting up this fact that they're taking on a probably impossible fight, and what the heck? How are they going to face this? And we're watching them sort of gather elements to try to 
combat it, but will it work? Is Dutch going to kill Anila? Is she not? I mean, I, I think I, I, I don't really think that there's only two to three episodes worth of story in here, unless you all you really care about are big reveals. Big reveals and things exploding. Yeah, but I guess for me personally, I, I think that that is not... It's, it's not, especially for this show, that's not how it's structured. It's really about our characters and their personal journeys. And that can't be distilled down to like two or three big reveals or moments or episodes. There has to be some tension built for that. Well, and the whole thing about Dutch's origins being revealed and how she links to Anila and how that goes into the finale. And yeah, and then we get that bit about, oh, not only is the whole battle going on and that's called off but oh wait wait a minute now all the lady ships have come you know it's it's like uh, that wouldn't have had as much impact i think had we not known more about the lady or just kind of getting revealed about her or yeah i just i I think everything would not have had as much you know weight had we not had all the build-up and i think because Captain Mediocre says that the war that we've been prepping for has been called off, so that makes the series, the season storyline pointless. Well, there's a pause button, at least between... If the story is about the war, which it's not. Well, and even if it just thinking, looking at the war piece, sure, there's a pause in the war between Anila's Holland soldiers and, you know, the Rack and the Killjoys and, and that group. There's a pause in that conflict because of the agreement between Anila and Dutch and then what Delsea did. Right, but they're However, clearly building up to a bigger war between, presumably, the united fronts of Dutch's team and Anila's team versus the ladies. Exactly, because like Annie just said, at the end of the episode, we have the ladies' hull and ships showing up. And so it's not like they're just going to be like, oh, Anila paused the war with y'all. That's cool. We're just sitting over here. We're waiting for Anila. So y'all just go about your business. You know, what does this mean now that this has been added into the conflict? So I don't think that the finale negates the season plotline at all. Mm-hmm. No. Nah. No. Yeah. So thanks for your feedback, Captain Mediocre. Sorry we thoroughly disagree with your feedback. <laughs> but, Sorry. you know, you do you. <laughs> um, you know, different people see different things in, in TV series, and that's just fine. So just a bit of cross-promotion. Our final Winona Earp Season 2 discussion is live on our multi-fandom podcast, Fanalysis. And me, Chris, and Stephanie, kind of. <laughs> Stephanie was there for some color commentary that was very fun. We discussed <laughs> the final three episodes of Season 2. You can listen to it now and find out how to subscribe at askgenretv.com slash fan. And Stephanie and I recently got to talk with the authors of the new book, The Science of Orphan Black, The Official Companion. You can look for that interview soon on our Orphan Black podcast, Tatiana is Everyone. As of this recording, it's not available yet, but it should be soon. You can listen to the podcast and find out how to subscribe at tatianaiseveryone.com. So can I request that we take a moment and honor the delightful fallen hunky monk I am very sad, <gasps> though I knew it was probably coming that he didn't make it. I was very sad to have it confirmed that he, he seemed to have been killed. Yes, I'm sad. And it was interesting, though, that Dutch didn't find out about his death until the middle of the episode. But considering that they had that Last Supper type thing at the beginning, you wonder if she would have been like, hey, where's Elvis? That's what I thought, too. I mean, maybe she thought he was finishing up his reckoning stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also had that thought, Annie, that 
I felt like I felt like Dutch would have noticed that he wasn't there when everybody mm-hmm. else was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but there was lots of stuff going on. Maybe she was just a little distracted. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was heartbreaking. She gave him a kiss. Yeah, and I was like, <sighs> and I was I was pleased, even though he passed away. I was pleased that he was featured in both of the montages of memories of Dutch's mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. which makes sense because. It was pretty clear that he was important to Dutch, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, but I feel like I still have so many questions about their relationship because season one suggested they'd kind of something happened between them before, but they weren't exactly on at the moment. But then in season two, they kind of rekindled things. But then in season three, they kind of seemed off again. I don't know. I just I had I still have questions about Hunky Monk and Dutch and Hunky Monk's background. Fanfic. Stephanie, right? <laughs> I was going to um, say they're they're in the green now, so maybe she can upload those memories so we can uh, revisit them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know that sometimes narratively the story gets to a point where you know you write out an important character, but still, I was really sad to see him go. <sighs> maybe they'll do like what they did for Orphan Black, and there will be a spinoff comic series or a tie-in comic <laughs> series and we can have about like scarbacks and their whole past yeah. yeah yeah elvis and the scarbacks there we go yeah mm-hmm. nice i'd read that miniseries way better than album and the chipmunks <laughs> it's true <laughs> what does the chipmunks have to do with it i said alvin and the scar alvin oh elvis oh. and the scarbacks oh okay sorry i didn't hear that which made stephanie so- think alvin and the chipmunks okay I wouldn't mind if they sung in little helium voices, though. <laughs> Alvis and the Scarbacks. <laughs> Difficult to convey in a comic book, I recognize, but I'd still be up for it. Stephanie's like, they can do anything as long as they're not wearing shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well, Chris. What are they, they going to sing? Like, oh, we're cutting ourselves. <laughs> we don't wear shirts. We are so sexy. You know, what, I don't know how it's going to rhyme. There'll but. be a Reckoning Night song, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Or thing about how the the devil came to the quad. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I know Stephanie was rather devastated and uh, worried that he was actually going to die. And the thing is, I mean, me too. But also, after they killed Potter last season, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I think he probably is dead. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sad um- about it too. I just. You know, once they once they did that, I'm just kind of like, no, I think I think he's dead. But since you brought up Potter, Chris, how do you feel about how Hunky Monk's death was handled versus how Potter's death was handled? Because you and I, in particular, I think had very strong feelings about killing off Potter when they did. Yeah, because that was sort of the end to her big hero story, because they spent a lot of narrative time on her in season two. Like, we spent a lot of time with Potter and with her storyline. Like, she had a full-blown storyline of her own in season two. And Alvis didn't have that. So I feel less strongly about his dying even though i'm sad about it don't get me wrong but it it doesn't hurt in the same way just Mm. because like she'd made this big she'd taken this big action in season two and before we got to see any fallout for that she got killed which i guess is sort of like immediate 
I don't want to say comeuppance, but you you know what I'm saying. Or do you? Um, well, let's try to think of a word. <laughs> so, um, Consequences? It kind of is. Like, it's a little bit immediate karma, I guess. Would you prefer that but it it's still, not be that immediate? But it still felt... It felt like they could have had some interesting stuff where she had to confront the fact that she had sacrificed people's lives right. to further her own goals. Yeah. But because she was killed when she was, we didn't get to see her have to deal with that choice. And I think that that, that did, it felt like a waste of some narrative potential to me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you, Chris, I'm sad Hunky Monk is dead. I still think there was more we could have learned about him and his backstory. I feel like he could have been useful in the story still, but it doesn't but feel... But we don't feel like, robbed in the same way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Storyline-wise. I kind of I get what you guys are saying, but I still would have liked to have seen more of Hunky Monk throughout season three. Oh, me too. I felt like I felt like he was... I mean, it's important. You have to concentrate on what you want to concentrate on with the whole building of you know, the war and, you know, Dutch's origins and things like that. And it is a show with a lot of secondary characters, but even if they're all written extremely well, but I do wish we'd seen more of him and that he had gotten more of a story arc. I felt like it was a little too less or too little this season. So I agree. <clears throat> Although I would have liked to have seen more of him. I did read somewhere that I don't know if it was an interview, but that Morgan Kelly and Sarah Power were taking bets as to who <laughs> Which one of their characters would be would go first, I think, last Aww. season. And I was like, oh. No, I agree. I would have loved to have seen more of him in season three. He was in, featured in a couple of episodes, but they weren't really about him so much. Mm-hmm. I thought Reckoning right. Night was a nice episode for him, but it still yeah. wasn't one in which he was featured prominently. Right. And yeah, just like in terms of character hierarchy, like he was going to be the one to go this yeah. season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry to say. I love you, Hunky Monk. I wish you were still here. I'm just saying, if they're going to kill somebody, like, that's the spot. That's, I know. That's the tier. That I know, for. Chris. I know. <laughs> I, I'm not talking to you. I know you know. <laughs> it just feels like you're rubbing it in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop talking about it. Jeez. <laughs> but since you mentioned the, the Last Supper, Annie, that was, began the episode... Like, I know they were trying to make us worry at the beginning of the episode. I know they were trying to do it. But why did they, why did they have to allude to the Last Supper? It, just, it was a little too much. It made me worry a little too much. I don't think that was necessary, Loretta. I feel attacked. <laughs> See, I, as a Buddhist, I don't know much about the Last Supper. So I don't know about the positions of anybody and how that relates or anything. But because I'd seen previews or pictures of it beforehand, I was like... You know, for some reason, I thought that would be later in the episode. So I was like, oh, it's starting off with this. Okay. That was kind of... Because last is in the title. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, that Maybe. Nothing I to, don't know. But, but I thought it was beyond the religious implications. I, I, You know, it took me a second to go, wait, wait, are Pri and Garrett getting hand-fasted? I thought that was adorable. And, you know, everybody having a last drink and a last meal. I thought that was a nice bit. I did see commentary on Tumblr that pointed out that... This is maybe the first, or at least the first anybody could think of, depiction of the Last Supper setup thing with a woman of color in the Jesus position. Yep. Yeah, it's the only one I can think of, yeah. yeah. I mean, how many of them I'm, even have a woman in the Jesus position, let alone a woman of color? Yeah. Probably not many. 
I have to say, I made myself a little depressed as I was making my notes because I was looking at The Last Supper and I was thinking, oh, I should see who they put in the position of Judas. Because if, if folks aren't familiar with sort of the, the Christian Bible, uh, Judas is the person who betrayed Jesus and, you know, hence this, this uh, importance of that position in the painting where Judas is sitting. He was one of Jesus' disciples, and he betrayed him and helped lead to Jesus' crucifixion. And so I was like, oh, I should figure out where's Judas in the original painting and who they placed in that spot. And it was Garrod. Oh! And at the time, I at the time I kind of thought, well, he didn't do anything in this episode, so maybe it doesn't mean anything. You know, do they just had characters in the spots, and you had to have somebody second position from the left, so it happened to be Garrod. But then, but then... I was re-watching the episode, and it feels like there's the, a kind of a pointed couple of exchanges about the location of the sonic disruptor. Because there's that, that exchange between Delsea and Gander, where she's disappointed that the Holland ships have been destroyed by the cleansed pilots. And she's like, what happened? Oh, you think there's this disruptor happening? Where is it? And he's like, oh, I already know. And then cut to, you know, something else. And then later on in the episode, there's an exchange between Fancy and Turin where Fancy says, how did they know the location of the disruptor? And so when I was rewatching, I was like, oh, that feels like that could be potentially narratively significant. And then as I was thinking about Garrett, I'm like, Garrett knows where the sonic disruptor is. Is he a mole for the Hullen and oh. the Franks? And I don't want that to be the thing. Thanks for but I'm just saying. putting up a theory that ruins my puppy loving Garrett. I know. I want to hope that he didn't do it on purpose, that maybe he's being manipulated. I don't know. And I could be completely wrong. I don't think he did it it at all. But, ugh. Well, yeah, that is a question that did come up. I'm like, wait, how did Gander know that? Yeah, do they have spies everywhere or what? So There were so many people who knew the location of that. I don't think it's fair to assume it's Garrett, just because Garrett was in the Judas position. I'm just saying I wouldn't put it past the fact that he was in the Judas spot to mean something. And it just I made that connection in my head. I'm not saying that I'm right. I could be completely wrong. But I I just wanted to put it out there as a possibility. I'm sorry. Hmm. I think we should I mean, ask after Lovetta. your whole thing about why you have to make us worry about having the Last Supper as, a, as an <laughs> image. In the, I'm just saying this might also be nothing. <laughs> I agree. It might also be nothing. I just want to point it out. Because I like to be able to say, I told you so, if I'm right. <laughs> I know that about you. I thought you were going to say, oh, I, I like to worry. But no, I just like to be, I told you so. She she likes to be right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because Stephanie is bossy. And I mean that in the best possible way. What did, she, what did we used to say? She's mean and something. I don't know. So we knew that Johnny was going to know that that wasn't Dutch, right? Yeah, I'm like, Johnny, it's a little too obvious because she's trying too hard to be casual. You know, when she goes, give to the, and I'm like, mm, yeah. And then he starts asking questions and I'm like, oh yeah, he knows. But I was still really worried and really profanity, profanity shouted at my TV when they started fighting and she stabs him and I'm like, oh, so that was not good for my heart rate. <sighs> Because, you know, it's kind of silly, but sometimes I forget how strong Anila is. I was just kind of like, Johnny, why are you so close if you know that's not Dutch? But really glad that Johnny did not receive. I mean, I'm sad that he got injured again, but it, that it wasn't quite as 
life-threatening as last time, but oh, I'm still surprised he went up and ran around the rest of the episode, because he's not going to let Dutch down. Yeah, I I know it's a very unrelatable position, because it's not like I've ever been confronted by the exact twin of a good friend of mine, but <laughs> I, I do feel like when we're... Especially in this is a common term in sci-fi, right? To have a, a double mm-hmm. show up and you're kind of watching and thinking, how does nobody recognize this person is acting completely different from they, what they usually do? So I, I liked that even though probably Johnny didn't realize it was her immediately, I, I'm glad that he recognized pretty quickly, wait, this isn't my friend. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they aren't in circumstances that could have somebody acting a little different than usual. Yeah. I did love Lucy's contribution to the fight, though. She was like, do you want me to up the decibels? I was like, get her, Lucy. <sighs> I was glad that Lucy saved Johnny. Yeah. yeah, she'll always save Johnny. How did she phrase that? How how not okay are you, John? Something oh, like I know. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need a numeric equivalence or something like that. Uh, as yeah. he's collapsing in her again, bleeding, and I'm like, oh, God. Uh, but I, I have to say how multi-talented is Zeph that she keeps bringing back the team from the brink of death. And seems to know her medical equipment pretty well. So that's good. Along with being a, a, a nerd. But yeah, the Jacoby sandwich. Ugh, you guys smell like sports. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line. John just agrees. <laughs> but I did think that when she said, I love you to Johnny, I was like, wait, is that true? Wait, was that just said out of desperation? Because yeah, she's got to get a girlfriend. I firmly believe that. I think that she just kissed Pippin because he's available, but she needs a girlfriend. Yes. I'm not giving up on my Give Zephyr Zep- yep. Girlfriend campaign. I have nothing against her and Pippin. I can kind of see yeah. it. It makes sense to me. Yeah, that, that but, happened. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I still am continuing my Give Zephyr Girlfriend campaign for season yep. four. I fully agree with you, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> I'd be cool with it. Why not? But speaking of smoochies, I did think that was funny how Telsea was saying to Anila, you shouldn't be here. And she's like, whatever, and just goes in for the smoochies. So, yeah. I don't think that's exactly what happened. Well, no, but (laughs) she still finds an excuse to do smoochies. But I was happy about that. I'm sure you were too, Stephanie. I was glad there was smoochies, especially since Garrett and Pre didn't have smoochies. Like, they're on honeymoon. They should have had a smoochie in this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were really cute, though, Garrett and, and Pre. It's know. true. When he was when he was telling Pre that, you know, this is this is amazing to him to be on Leith and away from Old Town. And it's like, aw, Garrett. <laughs> again, I don't want him to be a traitor. I was looking at the pictures again, and it could be that this person standing to the side really starts as, like, the first of the 13 apostles or the people at the table. So maybe it's, it's actually the... Um, I forget his name. I don't know that he got a name, but one of the the Farron warriors, not the not Pre's ex, but the guy who came after him, he right. could be perhaps in the Judas position, and he also ostensibly would have known the position of the Sonic Disruptor too. So I'm not rooting for Garrett to be a traitor. I was just pointing out that it seemed like he was in the Judas position, and could that mean something? I like Garrett. <laughs> I, d- I did like that bit where Garrett shot the two guys and saved Pre. I thought you were a pacifist. I got over it. So. In this situation, with people firing at you, I think it's okay yeah. if you defend yourself, even if you would rather be a pacifist. 
Something I really enjoyed about this episode was having Delsea like back amongst our main group. I've loved seeing her and Anila off on the ship together. Don't get me wrong, but I loved seeing her interacting with everybody again. Hate flirting. <sighs> Makes my heart happy. Yes, the return to hate flirting while one of them is imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we would find it so sexy? But I, I love and I and I love seeing her interacting with the Jacoby brothers, and I just I loved all of it. Yeah. I love uh, D- Duchess threats. I'm going to shoot you so hard or something. And I'm like, as opposed to just shooting you, which would still kill you. But, you know, Dutch is mad. She would make it extra bad somehow. She would manage it. Yeah. But again, I feel like this episode just upped my conflicted feelings about Delcea because I love her as the villain. I love her. She's so entertaining. And I also appreciate that the writers haven't tried to gloss over the fact that Delcea and Anila are killy villains. They they are bad people. But then I'm like, but that means that eventually they could get killed. I don't want them to die. Does that make me a bad person that I don't want the bad people to kill be killed off the show? Because I love them so much. <laughs> I mean, you're not alone. No. I think there's a lot of love for them and their awfulness. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, because, I mean, that exchange of, you know, be be careful, be brutal. It's so sweet, <laughs> and it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, she's so concerned, and I'm like, oh, but she's so mean in return. I mean, that's just a weird kind of love, but we love it. And But, like, she said, be brutal in such an oddly loving way. <laughs> I know. I know. She said, I know. be brutal. <laughs> But I'm kind of wondering now, it's like, when is the baby going to pop out? And it was interesting because Delsea had a line, oh, I'm, you know, he's just going to eat you. And I'm like, "Uh, is it a human baby? Were were we, was that confirmed or, you know, is it? It it looks human on the scan from what we can tell. Humanoid. I think it's maybe the word we're looking for. Alien eating baby. So I think she was just being Delsea yeah, and threatening yeah. when she was like, I will feed you to my urchin. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, oh, that's really scary. But um, that was the point. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just going to. Well, I hope she doesn't have the baby in the elevator. That would be awkward. But then at least Dav could get all his questions answered. I love the how much he was just irritating the, the heck out of her. And Delsea is like, oh, can you just kill me again? <laughs> I don't know if you caught the exchange the as the scene was fading out. Oh, I loved that. There was like this <laughs> ongoing thing where Dav was, uh, you know, how how involved is Anila going to be in in the raising of the baby or something like that? And, very. And I think I think they'll say it says very or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. And uh, Dav says, I don't, I don't know that I'm okay with that. And I forget exactly what it was Anila said, but it's... Oh, Anila... Uh, no, Delsea says, that's okay. I don't care. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's just going to be the I most awkward I was wondering if that ever. was scripted or if that was perhaps some, some ex- you know, <laughs> what's, what's it called? Improvising going on between Luke McFarlane and... Um, make a win because I, I i just i love the very nonchalant way like that's okay i don't care <laughs> <laughs> it was a good exchange yeah. mm-hmm. and since we're talking about that exchange i it took me until the second viewing to connect the dots because daffin says how do you feel about the name michelle i've always liked it it's bossy but means well it's like ah, is that a shout out to michelle Lafreda? <laughs> that she made to herself yes <laughs> Like, it took me a second watching it the first time, but then I just 
I lost it. I cracked oh it. Oh my god. Yeah, I was like, something was tickling in my memory. I'm all, why Michelle? I'm all, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, only Michelle Lafretta would do that and make fun of herself. Well, it's also possible she didn't write that part herself, that another oh, wrote, writer wrote it. Yeah, It's yeah. true, but I mean, it's her show, so I'm pretty sure she it's got the true. She could have just taken it out yeah. in ADR, yeah, and put some other name, but, oh, God. I also liked that David asked, how do you feel about apostrophes? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it'll, the baby's name will be Michelle with an apostrophe in there somewhere. <laughs> like M apostrophe shell. <laughs> or Michelle Indigiacello. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I do have the practical question of uh, how are they going to get out of the elevator? I did love the, um, I hope this has a bathroom. But kind of <laughs> reminds me, I know you guys haven't seen the show, but the end of Farscape, the end of season three, I believe. Yeah, three, where John is just stranded and floating off in space in his module. And you're like, okay, because Moya disappears. And so now these guys are just floating away in this elevator. And I'm like, I really hope Lucy comes to pick him up, like, soon. And hopefully she can get away. I was more worried about Lucy at the end of the yeah. episode than I was about them in the elevator, just because... She seemed to be surrounded by a bunch of ships. But, but she was able to get away, at least sh shoot them free. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. she can still maneuver to get them. But that was one of my things that made me sad about season three. It was just not enough Lucy. I felt like there was more last season. There was. Yeah. More, well, I mean, she got a body last season for a little while. I know. We need more Lucy next season. But I did, yeah, the highlight of uh, Lucy this season was seeing her and Johnny meet. So, yeah. I'm I'm good for now. So I feel like we're ending season three in an interesting place. We've got Johnny, Davin, and Delsea floating in space in an elevator, much like the end of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Excuse me, Charlie and the Ch Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess both the book and the movie. And then, and and something I actually wanted to point out that I I kind of occurred to me on the second watch is after they are floating and you know the elevator's been cut free delsea looks is looking a little worried and johnny turns to her and says it's okay we're going to get them back or something to that effect this is the woman who killed potter and johnny is still comforting her i'm like johnny because he's johnny you compassionate little guy i just want to give you so many hugs i love him so much <laughs> yeah so we have that going on and and we actually we got a, a a comment from Denise, kind of about that whole that trio. And Denise said the opener of season four must show simply must show Delsea, Dav, and Johnny living on a farm on a remote planet together raising that kid. And then I want to see the epic reunion between Anila and Delsea and Auntie Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It is kind of a funny image to think of these three stuck together and what's going to come of that. So we have that. We have, you know, this weird pause in the war and the quad but now the lady and her holland have showed up what does that mean and then we've got anila and dutch and klein preparing to face the lady in the green space and i think i'm kind of worried i'm like i don't want dutch to be separated from her people very long how are they going to mm -hmm. get them out of the green space quickly i know before we get to that i have to say my brain has gotten stuck <laughs> since you read this on but isn't Anila the anti-Dutch? Ha 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 ha. Never mind. Sorry. Ha 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 I just got that. <laughs> I still don't get it. Anti-Dutch A-N-T-I. Oh my god, for once I get it and you don't. <laughs> I still don't get it. <laughs> Are you serious? Never mind. Yeah? Okay. Anti 
your aunt versus Oh, you're talking A-N-T-I. about Denise's comment. I was like 12 paces after that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you kept talking, so I couldn't I couldn't throw it in there right when you said it. <laughs> sorry. Never mind. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, I am just kind of worried because, uh, well, first off, I want to go, why is everybody blonde now that they're in the green? <laughs> is it just like whitewash everybody? Well, it, no. no. <laughs> oh, I get it. But they're still they're, women of color. <laughs> just their hair, you know? It's like, you know, they put the filter on and all that, so suddenly their but, hair is blonde. But Klein, who has white hair, has dark hair in the green space. And Dutch, who always wears dark colors, is wearing white in the green space. And yeah. Anila, who always wears white or gray, light gray, is wearing dark colors in the green space maybe the green space just says funky stuff to people so that is what you're supposed to get there yes there's a hint to it being a bit of an opposite space because of the fact that dutch's genetic her dna is like flipped from anila's and she was pulled out of the green space so or at least out of the green so i think there's a suggestion just that it's kind it's a bit of an opposite space here think of all the mirrors that we've gotten with like the mirror boxes True, yeah. true. I mean, I did like that look on Anila. She looks, she's dressed like in a more, I guess, militant way. Well, you know, like Dutch usually is once they got in the green space. Less like a Star Wars character. That's how I always think of yeah. Anila when I see her. <laughs> I think it's that wrapping on her hair. It makes me think of Star Wars. <laughs> I did like how Klein pulled out the two knives from the, what is it called? The pointy dreadnought. thingy. The dreadnought. From yeah. the dreadnought. Yeah, that was cool. It's a cool prop. But I don't know. My prediction for the beginning of next season is that it'll start taking pickup immediately and that Delsea is going to give birth in the elevator <laughs> with, the, with the two boys having to help her. It'll be the most awkward thing ever. I kind of hope, hope they don't do that, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. But well, I just I'm, think it would I'm be I'm just concerned now, like, how much of a time jump are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And what role would this baby play, if any? So I think there was a relatively small one between one and two, but there was a bigger one between two and three, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe it was a couple months between one and two. So I don't know. The kid, the kid could be born by no. the time season four starts. I don't know. She was having an accelerated pregnancy anyway. No, I know. That all have meant that Dutch is in the green for a while, and they have to defend that pool because they've got a defend it from the lady otherwise they'll never get her back so i'm worried yeah i don't know how they're gonna do that with the ships right there i feel like all the seasons have have ended with sort of a when are they going to get this person back in the team be reunited type of thing because the first season it was davin was kidnapped second season johnny left and now third season dutch is gone and they did it pretty quickly within the first one or two episodes so i feel like they will in some way be reunited fairly quickly at the beginning of season four. Oh yeah but I, I still i still am like no don't keep dutch away from them for too long i know i know i mean I'm, yeah just wondering about the timeline and how season four will pick up it's just that things are so exciting right now i don't want to miss anything yeah i don't want <laughs> yeah, it to end true but i'm very thankful that it won't end because i don't know if i've expressed how much how happy i am that I got renewed for two seasons. Killjoys is going to go on for seasons four and five. And try and jog my memory if you can, guys. I cannot remember the last time Sci-Fi did that. Renewed two seasons for one of their shows. Oh, 
but it's awesome. So congratulations, Michelle Loretta and team. It is very exciting. The qualifier, though, is that it's the last two seasons. Yeah. In case anybody didn't know, it is going to end after season five. But I'm kind of okay with it because it's it's a definite end point to work towards. So, yeah. Yeah. So we will hopefully get a carefully plotted out final two seasons. So I'm excited about it. Well, I did not read that it was the last two seasons. But again, I prefer it when the showrunner and the cast and the crew have enough time to craft, like you said, a really well thought out season and arc and end it the way they want to, basically. And right. I, tr- I trust Lovetta to do an awesome job in the next two seasons. No pressure, no pressure. We just totally love your show. And so keep expecting awesome things every week. So, <laughs> And I feel like having a definite endpoint for Orphan Black after five seasons worked well. And I think five seasons is a good amount of time to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know, even though these are short seasons with only 10 episodes, I think they've they've taken advantage of the time they've been given each season. So I, yeah. I feel like they can wrap this up well. Right. Well, they're really dense, but really well done with most of the episodes in terms of how much story they could pack in, but still make each character three-dimensional and still keep us on our toes with things that are not wrapped up at the end of every episode or the end of every season. Yes, I think I'm especially grateful for the acknowledged two final seasons, just because it seems like Hannah John Commons getting really popular now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for her. Because she's getting cast in all sorts of like big blockbuster movies. So yeah. I mean, I'm excited for her, don't get me wrong, but it was it was starting to make me worry a little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, but, but my little sci-fi show that I love that she's the star of. <laughs> don't leave us behind in your in your success. I know. Don't come in. <laughs> but I will say I'm really excited to see her in Ready Player One. I'm excited to see her in all the things. Mm-hmm. All the things. Me too. We'd love to hear your thoughts about Season 3 of Killjoys. You can send them to us at killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Winona Earp, Orphan Black, and other shows, visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in the quad. 